Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $849. Toastmaster small appliances are just $214 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hello, everyone. Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the new and highly touted original series Titans or jump into the beloved yet bizarre Doom Patrol with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, check out the thousands of comics just added, including more recent titles and complete storylines. Join at DCUniverse.com. Napa Know How. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello, hello. Today we've got a new director joining the MCU. On top of that, some of you out there can see Shazam early, and there is a brand new trailer for the movie Longshot. It is a red band trailer. Things are going to get intense, inappropriate, all the stuff you would expect from a Seth Rogen movie. That is some of our show today, but right now, a very important thing has to happen. Dennis, welcome. I see you every day. You're wonderful. I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you for but that But I'm pretty intro. sure you know what we're building up towards right now. Yes. Amy Rose! <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. To I don't think I've guys. ever been on this desk with you before, have really? we? Or have we done, like, I one f- show before, I maybe? Like we did maybe, like, a review for an X-Men mm. film or something. Maybe something like that, like, <laughs> well, forever ago. Reunited, and it feels so good. I miss you. I miss, miss you. you. And I think everybody out there misses you, too. Nice to be back. So, before we even jump into our number one story for the day, we all want to know what you've been up to, because... You're out in the world. You're busy making movies. So where are you at with the latest one? Funny you should ask. Uh, I'm actually like two days away from calling Picture Lock. Um, It's been a two-year endeavor, which I'm learning with documentaries is not that long. But when you're inside it, it feels like eternity. Um, So I produced this and co-directed this. So this will be my directorial debut. And um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. Do you you know what it's about? 
I know you do. So, I know I know the one you produced. I know what that one was about. Yeah. So this basically, it's called Equal Playing Field, and we took 30 female soccer players from 24 different countries to summit Mount Kilimanjaro and descend to the Dead Sea in Jordan and play the highest and lowest games ever played. So we set two Guinness World Records, and it's an adventure, and it's just, it's a really beautiful, inspiring film. I'm really proud of it, but I'm very tired. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I'm sure all the hard work is going to be worth it, and I can't yeah. wait until we can see it. Thank it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you definitely will be getting an invite, guys. First feature as a director is really a big deal, so just keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> no pressure. No, it's really a good thing. It's in, Every single time I cover a movie that's a first feature for a director, it just... You know, it blows my mind thinking how difficult it is to get a feature film, whether we're talking narrative or documentary, off the ground and actually make it happen. So the fact that you saw it through, I can't applaud you enough. And there have been many obstacles in my way. Uh, If I didn't have such intense passion for the subject matter and for these women that are just brilliant and need their stories told, I would have... Sometimes I question this life I chose. Like, I'm crazy. It's so it's so hard to get films made. But if you really believe in it and, you know, are not afraid to go to the end, no matter what's thrown your way, you're going to have something you're really proud of at the end. So. I assume you're seeing some films that are inspiring you right now, too. So we have two questions for you. We want to know what is your favorite movie of 2019 so far? And then what is the one you're looking forward to the most in the next few months? Yes. Um, so I would say I've definitely been, like, head down in the last few you know, weeks slash months of this film, which has been all consuming. So I'm a little less up to date than usual. And I feel like if I'm not in a theater, like once a week, I start like feeling awkward and need my fix. So I'm starting to catch up slowly. It's all Captain Marvel. I'm doing my best. Um, I would say the farewell was my favorite of the year, which I saw at Sundance. Lulu Wang directed it. Aquafina. It's her breakout role. She is funny. It's filled with heart. It's nuanced. It's sad. It's just, it's a family story and it's got a lot of depth and I saw I think 20 films again I always lose track um, but it was the number one by a lot for both Alicia and I. It's still up there as one of my favorites that is definitely one everyone has to look out for. Yeah. What's one of the ones you're uh, most looking forward to now? I mean uh, there's a lot of good ones coming out but when Scorsese and Tarantino have films coming out they're always going to be at the top of my list they both have such visceral, visceral electric filmmaking styles um, definitely my favorite Irishman and Hollywood so yep. I'm excited. I have a feeling we all share the excitement for those two movies. I know Dennis does for sure. Um, Another project we're really excited about is the first story of the day. So news broke on The Hollywood Reporter that Destin Daniel Cretton has signed on to direct Marvel's Shang-Chi movie, which will mark the studio's very first superhero film with an Asian lead. So word of this project first surfaced back in September, along with the news that Marvel was going to fast track it. And they also tapped at that point a writer to pen the screenplay. At that time, it was reported reported that Marvel was looking towards Black Panther as a little bit of a guide and a model just in terms of hiring Asian or or an Asian American director to helm this one. Other directors that were in the running included Justin Tipping, Alan Yang, and Deborah Chow. But of course, Cretton is the one that landed this gig. So from this point on, Marvel is looking to assemble a largely Asian American and Asian cast for the film. So hopefully we get a lot more news on this very soon. But right now, focus on the director, Amy Rose, what do you think about Destin getting this gig? I think it's a great choice. Short term 12, most people, you know, didn't really know about Brie Larson before The Room. Um, but this was the little gem, and there's kind of something around the internet floating around that, like, this was, like, the magic well, short term 12, because everyone who was in this movie, this has been a launch pad for a lot of success. And it's just such a talented cast. And he's an amazing director. Um, and, like, it's about time. I feel like a, ro- a broken record talking about representation being so important in media but it really is and you know I'm finally pursuing my dream of directing but I didn't have a lot of role models growing up and that right there because there were probably 10 I could count on my fingers of female directors and it's the same thing with having an all Asian cast Asian director with this property who's going to know the property better so I think it's a great choice he has a lot of talent and I'm glad that Marvel and Hollywood is still slow to change but I'm glad that they are finally showing a little bit more diversity Short Term 12 is a phenomenal really film. Is. And I feel like when it came out, which I believe was in 2013? Yeah, yes. 2013. Yeah. So I think it was the summer.
summer of 2013. I feel like not enough people had seen it at that point no. because that's the movie that I think should have gotten Brie Larson her first Academy Award 100%. nomination. And it's like, you're right. When you go through that cast, because it was all, it was trending on Twitter today, and yeah. I got so excited. Of course, now we have him signing on to yeah. direct a Marvel movie. There's Brie Larson. Yep. There's Rami Malek. There's yep. Keith Stanfield and Caitlin, Caitlin Deaver. Who yeah. get ready for that when she's going to blow up courtesy yeah. of Booksmart real soon if you haven't already seen her in a bunch of things. And basically, Short Term 12 gives me all the hope in the world. The only thing that I, in my conversations about him signing on to this movie, that makes anybody out there concerned whatsoever is The Glass Castle. Mm. I happen to have liked The Glass Castle more than most. That was a very ambitious story to tell just in terms of how they basically tell the story of that family. It's not necessarily linear. I think he just might have bitten off a little more than he could chew with something like that. But... Just because you have one that doesn't keep the bar as high as the one you had before doesn't mean you can't crush it all over again with a brand new movie here. And especially when, you know, you have the guidance of someone like Kevin Feige. I feel like he is in very good shape with this one. And I'm just happy to see him get a big, big gig here because that's really something else. Dennis, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I mean... Of the list of the the directors that they were possibly going to hire, uh, I knew his name and also knew Alan Yang, who uh, was a writer on Parks and Recreation. He also co-created Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Mm -hmm. He also uh, directed that, uh, is it, I think, Amazon show called uh, Forever. Um, but that's more in the comedy realm where you see uh, with, with Destin, he has, you know, drama, drama chops. And I think that's where he also has a lot of connections. I mean, side connections with with Marvel already. Obviously, Brie Larson, who you know, plays Captain Marvel right now. Um, she, he's working on a movie with Brie Larson and uh, Michael B. Jordan, who was in Black Panther. And he also was working with uh, Ryan Coogler on a TV series. So there's all these like connections, so it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, the question now is, clearly, he knows what he's doing when it comes to more dramatic material, yeah. which I think is great because perhaps that's a sign that he'll put the focus on, cam- on character before big action set right. pieces, which I think can serve big action set pieces very well. But especially considering what Marvel has been doing lately, just in terms of like, I don't know, just throwing out an example, Guardians mm-hmm. dipping into comedy more than any Marvel movie had done before. Captain Marvel embracing the 90s action vibe. Is there any genre or subgenre you guys are hoping that Destin gets to tap into for this particular installment of the MCU? Uh, not so much, I would say, genre, but I would actually like him to go more serious with it. We're, you know, Captain Marvel, I liked it. I, I don't know if I loved it and I enjoyed it, but it was more towards what you're talking about, like the Guardians of the Galaxy vibe, the Thor Ragnarok vibe, where I could have done with a little more serious drama, and I hope that he this leans more towards, like, not that Black Panther is a serious drama, but you know what I mean? There's more drama in that versus something like Captain America. Or Captain Marvel, sorry. Yep. Any yeah. choices? I'm, I'm less familiar with this property, so I don't really have any feel either direction. But, I mean, I think by now Marvel has proven they know what they're doing. Same. I didn't love Captain Marvel. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it by no means was a miss. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like they, they should deserve our confidence by now. And I'm just I'm happy to see especially a property that I am less familiar with. And he is really good at character. And that's why I feel like something like this will shine um, and not get so swept up into the theatrics of it still to feel really grounded those are my favorite superhero films that still feel grounded but larger the life at the same time and it's a very delicate dance but it obviously can be done it's been done a lot i'm right there with you i have a lot of faith in this particular movie but the other exciting angle to the story is basically what marvel is doing in terms of hiring directors who make smaller more low budget movies giving them this gigantic property putting a huge spotlight on them then hopefully the movie does well and then that opens up the door for them to take on more daring projects that they might not have had access to before. So for that reason... Right there. Yep. Yeah. That's another great example. Yeah. And also uh, with Captain Marvel, with yep. uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, Fleck too. Yeah. Great things for them. I mean, Ryan Coogler was already cruising along, but Black Panther pushed him up to a whole different level. Oh, yeah. 
this franchise is bringing good things to good directors, and I continue to applaud that, and I hope the same is going to happen here. All right, next story. We're sticking in the superhero realm because Shazam, its official release date is April 5th, but if you're a Fandango VIP member, you're going to get the opportunity to see the movie early. So what's happening is Fandango is partnering with Warner Brothers, and they're going to be showing Shazam on March 23rd at 1,200 theaters. That is precisely two weeks before the release. So the big question here, Dennis, I'll give it to you first, is will the Shazam early screenings affect Captain Marvel's legs at the box office at all? Oh, man. It's it's possible, just because, you know, as soon as one movie comes into the picture, people, you know, for like you'll see the drop of Alita when Captain Marvel came out, right? Uh, people's attention spans get changed but i I do think uh doing these type of previews especially for a movie you're very very confident in that you know that will create a lot of good buzz and and garner a lot more attention i think is a positive thing so even though that's the question i see swirling around out there quite a bit now as it pertains to this particular story i actually don't think it's going to make any difference at all as far as far as like shazam versus captain marvel we're only talking about the one day 1200 theaters i really don't think it's going to make that much of a dent especially because it's like we almost got a teeny tiny look at it last week when captain marvel was released and the social media embargo for shazam was released Mm -hmm. and all these raves uh, tweets, mine Mm -hmm. included, came out and that didn't really do anything to Captain Marvel's box office. It still crushed it. I think this is a great situation where there is more than enough room for both of these properties to exist and survive within just about a month of each other in terms of when they're released at the box office and I got a whole lot of faith. More so than anything, I look at this early buzz screening type thing and it just seems like it is the hot new way to build additional buzz before your big release. So even though we're not necessarily talking about, oh, how much money is it going to make on this day at these few theaters and how is that going to affect its grand total? It's more... Let's say the movie makes, and I'm just throwing out a random number here. Let's say the movie makes $3 million. Basically, you do the math, figure out how many people that saw it, and you hope that those people continue to talk about it. They go back to see it again, and before you know it, you've spread the the talk and the buzz beyond what it would have been before. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on more so than anything. So given that, Amy Rose, do you think that these early screenings are a good tactic to use and they should continue to do something like this? I think that, I mean, it's definitely the word confidence. It, it does instill confidence to the viewer, to the consumer, to less so the critics who get, you know, the p- publicity screenings and all this early, whatever. But it is saying, okay, they're, they're kind of doubling down on this in a way. Um, is it going to dramatically change things? I don't think so. But it goes, oh, that's interesting. Do we have something to do tonight? Let's go see it early. But I don't feel like this, I want to see this film. I haven't seen it yet, but it's not on my most anticipated anyway. So that's not going to have me jump to the theater a little fast. But, you know, buzz is currency. And in the age that there's been like a lot of retaliation against Rotten Tomatoes and the way that, you know, the reviews are aggregated and all of that. And what we saw with Captain Marvel, which is just crazy. There there is a different form of currency happening now than just straight critics uh, reviews. And that's social. And so if you can type in Shazam and see all these positive reviews, that is going to, in essence, help the legs of this film. So I get it. But two weeks, I mean, do a month, do something, you know, like. It just feels like like you said, what, $2 million? Like, sure, in the grand scheme of this production budget, that's not a ton. I'd be curious to know, you know, just whatever the data is, because a lot of times when we talk about box office projections and things like that, there are paid services that these studios have access to to figure all that out and get all this data that basically tells them, if you do this with Shazam X amount of days or weeks before your release, it's going to be the best possible, it will lead you to the best possible result. The other thing that comes to mind with something like this is if this model is successful and also because we're constantly talking about ways to kind of like spice up the theater going experience Mm -hmm. so that basically movie theaters don't wind up going away, maybe not entirely, but limiting themselves with the streaming services coming up. And we're constantly talking about, you know, all the whole debacle with movie pass and AMC a list and whatever. So is this something where Fandango could kind of, you know, get their foot in the door to a degree where if you're signed up for their service and only if you're signed up for their service and you pay a certain amount, you're going to wind up getting access to movies 
early. Like, you know, what we were talking about it early, Dennis, you would pitch something like $20 extra, and all of a sudden you're first in line to get things like Shazam and whatever other property they line themselves with. Yeah, this is something where I'm (laughs) extremely against this idea of what they're doing right now is different because from what I know, Fandango VIP is is a service. It's a free service. Mm -hmm. It's like a rewards program, right? And so they're just rewarding uh, select few people who, who want to to purchase the movie tickets early for the same price that you would already and watch it early. And that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. It's when you get into, because I, you know, uh, anyone knows that we have a Collider video games channel called Collider Games on on YouTube. And we covered this one topic of this big game called Anthem that uh, EA released. And they had it where you could play the game early two weeks ahead of time, but you had to be part of their paid subscription service to purchase it. So you're, which is I think fourteen ninety nine. So that's where I'm against where it's like this thing where, okay, you're paying extra in order to gain early access. That's where I have an issue where it's like, then I see more like whether it's the studios or in that case, it's a video game company. They're basically squeezing every last dollar out of the consumer because they're like, okay, well, we know you want to watch Avengers Endgame right. really, really badly. I'll let you watch it a month early if you sign up for this thing that's going to cost you X amount of dollars. I, wonder, I think that, that makes work. Fandango smart in a way because they're trying to ensure that you funnel through their site to get the ticket. So by incentivizing, saying it's free, you could see it two weeks early just by signing up for our free newsletter, blah, blah, blah subscription. Yeah. That's actually kind of smart because I don't, you know, sorry to anyone from Fandango watching, but like I don't get my tickets through Fandango. Um, so maybe this is a way of pulling in new people to purchase and funnel through them. So, I mean, two weeks early to someone for free, for someone who loves this property, might be enough to have them sign up. So, I, I'm starting to rethink my initial <laughs> thought. I'm starting to Onto rethink you, it also. I mean, the one of the bigger questions I have in my mind right now, is it you know, like a theater, like a program-by-program basis? Like, who is in control here? Is it the studio? Is it Fandango? Right. Is it the theaters? Because when you think about it, obviously, all the theaters are trying to do is make more and more money and that has just kind of led to the rise in ticket prices which Mm -hmm. goes hand in hand with the rise of a premium experience Mm -hmm. when you go to the movies so if let's say you know i mean switching gears and going over to amc Mm -hmm. if amc let's say had a package where you had to pay twenty dollars a month and if you paid twenty dollars a month you had the opportunity to see and i'm just randomly throwing out disney you could see endgame you could see captain marvel three weeks early would you do it I mean, I'm already subscribed to AMC A-List, and I would be happy as a consumer, but I actually would think, like, ethically, I think that's kind of a wrong thing to do, where you're kind of forcing people to subscribe or just pay extra money, because... You know, right. let's say you're, you're someone who AMC is not near, and you, you're subscribed to whatever Regal has or whatever something else has, and now the only way you can see this early is to subscribe to another service that you really don't need or don't want. So it's, it's one of those things where you're forcing the consumer yeah. to pay extra money, and that's what I don't agree with. And say like, you're the biggest Shazam fan ever, and another $20 a month is going to hurt you. You know, like that is financially going to be tough for you. I think that is kind of muddy waters yeah. as well. But the free version, yes. take your two yeah, weeks. Fandango, Enjoy. I, that's why I'm saying, like, with the Fandango yeah. one, I'm not opposed to it. It's a, whatever, a free rewards yeah. program that you yeah. just sign up for. And in, you, you mentioned incentivizing. That makes sense. But as soon as you start saying, well, you have to subscribe for X amount of dollars for X amount of months to see the exact same thing for now more money. I am on the same exact page as both of you, but all I hear is Roka in my ear saying, it's not just about the art, it's also a business. Oh, and yeah, it you, is a business. When but you hear that, $17 it's like, no, no. a ticket is plenty. No, no, but I mean, <laughs> it, it is. I don't <laughs> mind. It is Plus a business. Popcorn. People need to make their money. The studios need to make their money. The theater make, needs to make not. their money. The, the people who create the, the movie need to make their money. But this is where a case, not the Fandango and, and Shazam, I'm saying if they were to turn into this model, Trying to like get every last dollar out of the consumer that's already, you know, maybe like you said, can't maybe twenty dollars is all they can afford. 
now you want them to pay forty, fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah. Shame so on I you. I wonder if that would wind up having a reverse effect where it, people would shy away even more. Like, I wonder if there is just a a price threshold right. for the movies, and if it hit that point, then all of a sudden, all the attention and all the focus would go to streaming services. Netflix is sure hoping that happens. I know, really. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, is when you talk about something like Avengers Endgame, I know there will be probably millions of people that are willing willing to pay extra money to see it early. Give their firstborn, like, But what whatever. I'm saying is, it just said, yeah, it just sets a b- bad precedent. It's like, okay, they're willing to do it for that movie, and then the next one, and the next one, it becomes We're a, just better people cycle. than they are, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope this pans out in a good way, that one, gets movies to everybody's out there, but also respects the moviegoer as well. Alright, before we move on to story number three, I must remind you, we are taking your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. I saw Adam was happy I did that back there. <laughs> I remembered today. Gold star. Use the hashtag Collider Movie Talk and we'll pick a few questions before we wrap up. Now we are going on. Oh, speaking of Netflix, the story number three. <laughs> so as we all know, they released the Bandersnatch episode of Black Mirror on Netflix late last year, and it had a choose-your-own-adventure style. And after the release of that, many suspected that they were going to continue to run with that format. Now Netflix has basically confirmed just that. So while speaking at a conference in India, Netflix's vice president of product, Tom Yellen, discussed the company's plans for more Bandersnatch-style projects in the future. He said, it's a big hit here in India. It's a huge hit around the world. And we realized, wow, interactive storytelling is something we want to bet more on. He also said, we're doubling down on that. So expect over the next year or two to see more interactive storytelling. Dennis, did you see Bandersnatch? What did you think? And do you want more of it? I did see Bandersnatch. I enjoyed it, but I'm not 100% sold on this particular execution of what they're calling interactive storytelling. Because, like I mentioned before, you know, uh, I do the Collider Games channel, and and when you talk about some of the bigger, not I'm not talking about like just the games that go around and shoot people or whatever, but there are games that have storytelling in them and they, it, it's more interactive there, there there was a games company unfortunately that closed down called telltale games that did walking dead games did game of thrones games they did a cool game called wolf among us and that was kind of a, a blend of kind of interactive almost television like storytelling where you would play characters but it wasn't exactly like a lot of like shooting and killing and, and whatnot and you're controlling the story to an extent but this is like a lesser version you're literally just choosing there's two choices and you just move it over it, it's it's almost like watching uh, a, a more clever way of watching deleted scenes and alternate endings right um, so I, I liked I liked it but I just wasn't a hundred percent sold on how they executed because it's just it's very limited yeah I mean it's definitely a technology that would need to evolve a little I was very impressed by the whole thing I think one of the the main things that frustrated me about it though was just this idea of Black Mirror being what it was, and also this obsession I have with like neat, organized stories, and mm-hmm. the, the obsession I think the general public has at this point with canon, mm-hmm. and the fact that we all got different stories, and at the end <clears throat> I was just wondering, like, what is the true story? And I was excited to see all those different endings, but I almost, I almost found added frustration in not knowing how to file it away in my brain, but there's something very interesting in the whole thing. I also think the technology needs to evolve just in terms of making it a more communal experience because one of the things that at least stopped me from watching it for the first two days that it was out was I happened to have been home for the holidays with Mm -hmm. my family and we wanted to watch it together. But the problem is you couldn't play it on the Apple TV. You could only play it on like your specific device. Conspiracy. We we couldn't watch it together though. And for that reason, you know, obviously I eventually went home and I watched it myself, but some of my family never wound up watching it for that specific reason. And they're still upset about it. I think a little bit. We wanted to share that experience together. I'm sorry, in that you were deprived of that. Um, I do know you haven't seen it, and I am very yes. curious to know why you haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, production life is real. It's real, guys. It's uh, a full energy um, sucker, let's call it. First of all, I love the name Bandersnatch. Really <laughs> rolls off the tongue there. Um, I really love the series Black Mirror. I do remember whenever this came out several months ago, um, just scrolling, and I thought it was like, oh, there's more episodes and then I was like oh it's a film interesting and I watched the trailer and I really like this premise I mean in an age of constant remakes I think it is something fresh interactive I agree it's like you know that's kind of 
generous mm-hmm. of a term, but alternate endings. And I do think that concept is cool. Why are cinephiles so obsessed with seeing the director's cut? You know, because it is different. It's a different path. And most of the time, it's better. It's just like the studio wanted to keep it a certain time, you know, frame. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's something new and different. Um, and, like, Choose Your Own Adventure books were my favorite growing up. Like, I loved that. So I can't really speak to the property itself because I haven't seen it. But I do think it's interesting. And, you know, to your point of, like, tech, still figuring all that out, I'm sure they'll smooth that over um, if they want to double down, as you called it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're definitely developing that a lot further. And, and really, all the behind the scenes, because right when this came out, there were, like, epic, long features about, really, the ins and the outs of the technology they developed to make this happen and it's mind-blowing that huh. we've hit a point where that exists but another thing that uh that this uh, vice president from netflix had said was this format isn't going to be restricted to darker subject matter like bandersnatch they could let's say have a romance mm-hmm. where in that romance <laughs> someone has to decide will i date this person or will i not is there any particular genre you guys think the choose your own adventure story would be really interesting to explore fantasy I think fantasy would be amazing. And, uh, yeah, seeing, like, and hopefully they would take, you know, have some balls and, like, kill the main character off in the end, not to go morbid on it, but, like, to actually have a complete different, like, I think about Sliding Doors all the time, the Gwyneth Paltrow film, mm-hmm. and, like, in your own life. Like, if you just did this one thing differently, what would happen? And I feel like it'd be cool to make it a little bit more nuanced um, and that in a blink of an eye, it could have gone this direction or this direction and changed the entire course. I don't know if they did that. Did you watch? both endings i there were more than two oh endings. wow there, yeah. there were a lot of endings okay. I, I like that i, I like think that. i might have watched something like close to three hours total i got to a lot of the big endings that people were talking mm-hmm. about okay. i think i wound up with something like four or maybe five Did yeah I, I got like two different endings uh but one this is when i think about the whole concept of this like, because I always think behind the scenes stuff. This must be a nightmare to shoot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think yeah. about the continuity on a, on a set. It's yeah. already hard to keep with you know placement of items and whatnot and wardrobe oh, yeah. and all that Don't stuff. Now started. you've got to take that to another level with this because you have to reshoot the exact same scene, mm-hmm. but with something slightly different. Um, but yeah, and you know, you mentioned like the 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 kind of communal aspect of it. Like there was a game on PlayStation Four called Hidden Agenda that was this game where you actually had you could have i think it was like up to four or five people that could play on their uh on your smartphone and choose so they would have like here's the decision for the story and then who you know i I think it must have had been five because you need like a tiebreaker or whatever and then you you would all like pick the one you want and the one that got the most votes that's the way it went that's cool i would like like a demand it style something like that with with bandersnatch i I do think think there's room for both because one of the one of the coolest uh elements of bandersnatch to me was when i found myself in like the more heated portions of the story Mm -hmm. where because what it is if you haven't actually watched it yet is that there's like a countdown you only have so long to make the decision and so a couple of times i found myself you know schwitzing a little about making the decision and then sometimes i made the decision so quick and then i'm like no like i wanted to go back and make a different decision that's fun you can't do it and it just ups the intensity of it yeah well now i'm in now i like can't wait to see this i would definitely recommend giving it a shot i'm curious to see what they do going forward with this because like you said and like we've been talking about this entire episode of the show it is a business and when you think about i mean i'm sure you you've experienced this every day of filming matters and sometimes you don't you don't necessarily want to funnel a chunk of your budget into something that nobody is going to see because i know there's certain parts of bandersnatch parts of the finished product that they said people will never be able to unlock Mm -hmm. so could you imagine let's say spending x amount of dollars on a scene that very few people out there even get to right but it is also cheaper to have the same cast the same set the same everything and just keep shooting that direction opposed to like an entire different production if this is going to make them money you know because they're not doing it to win friends over we know so i think that's uh i think it's interesting i applaud the producers on yeah. this show who mapped all this out well, i think it's well even more difficult than any of us oh, you can imagine. google search google search the flow chart they have a flow chart oh, yeah. that shows all the branches of the storylines with all the different it's like endings. escape rooms yeah. i'm obsessed with escape rooms <laughs> i love escape rooms have you seen escape room i haven't you should see but that. I've done like five of them and okay. I have 
beat all of them. So you're good at I'm like really someone you want on your team for an escape room. So what do you do when you're in an escape room with someone who sucks? Because that's that's where I lose my mind because I can't (laughs) handle it. I I was talking about how this would be like a really good first date because you can see... It's like traveling internationally. You see a whole other side with them. Maybe not first date. I take that back. Second date. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're dead weight. You know? You just just move on. You pick up the weight. No, you got to backtrack. This is a first date idea because I figured, you know, why even go on to the second date if escape room is just freak the out. you might as well just cut them yeah. off right from date number one i'm really good under pressure so but like i don't know i feel like that's pretty extreme but like maybe we're on to something is this like a new little it web series be, it <laughs> should be like a, an actual company like a like escape room uh, there's gotta be date. and if there's not let's tm it right now <laughs> I'm, I'm in let's start a little business here shop black friday week deals sunday through friday at kohl's plus get 15 dollars kohl's cash for every 50 dollars spent and take an extra 15 percent off get the big one throws 849 toastmaster small appliances are just 214 after rebate and fitbit versa 2 is 129.99 plus take 30 percent off lego 70 percent off fine jewelry and save on boots for her 16.99 plus get fast and free store pickup shop black friday week deals at coles and coles.com select styles offers valid november 22nd through the 27th 15 percent off with promo code enjoy 15 lego and fitbit offers and coupons do not apply some exclusions apply see store or coles.com for details we begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way so pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans. Or jump into Doom Patrol, DC's most beloved team of super freaky superheroes featuring an incredible cast of Jovian Wade, Deanne Guerrera, April Baldley. Alan Tudyk, Matt Bomer, and Brandon Fraser, with the new episodes dropping weekly. Or get your comic book fixed with thousands of new comic titles just added to an impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love like Batman, Batman Returns, and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, join now because the new Justice League vs. The Fatal Five is coming soon. DC Universe is available on all your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, now's definitely the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent and take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $849. Toastmaster small appliances are just $214 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit. Offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we got one more story to hit before we get to your live Twitter question. And it is a brand new trailer for the movie Long Shot. This one is a Lionsgate release, and it follows the unlikely romance between a hard-hitting political journalist played by Seth Rogen and his first crush, Charlize Theron, who now happens to be the current U.S. Secretary of State and is considering running for president. Long Shot is opening up in theaters May 3rd. All right, who wants to go first? What would you guys think of this? Did you find it funny? 
Um, we covered this, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when it was the regular trailer think, and not the red band. Was I, I on the like show? I feel like we might have did that, did that show together. Yeah, and it was, it was like an okay trailer and nothing that great about it. This one is better. Obviously, it's, it's tough for R-rated comedies to, to make trailers that are, are as funny because yeah. they have to hold so much back. And so this definitely was funnier. I'm more interested in it because of, you know, the director, Jonathan Levine, yeah. who did 50-50 and Warm Bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and so, look, it, it didn't in spark my interest that much. But, you know, I did see in this trailer an absolute must-see from Collider on there. So it said Collider. So I I don't know who... who I can't who, figure out where that came from, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Because I, did, I didn't see it. I don't okay. know. Maybe Steve saw it. But I, I don't think uh, anyone posted a review unless it just wasn't No, I looked for the, the review. Website. So it, it, must have been a so, it, must, it must have been a social <laughs> thing. That, like, yeah, it could have one, one of our team Maybe, maybe Dorian saw it for all I know. Okay. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So I'm more interested than I was before. But I'm still, I'm still like a little like... Uh, it must be good if people are talking. I mean, talking a lot about it, considering it doesn't look that different from things we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, the second you put the two of them in a movie together, and you also put Jonathan Levine's name yeah. on it, yeah. I am going to want to see it no matter what. The first trailer was okay enough for me. This trailer, I do think, is better. But what's increasing my interest in seeing the movie are those first reactions yeah. out of South by Southwest. I was so bummed to have missed out on it myself, but. The main criticism I seem to see about it for people who have seen the full feature is the same thing I was concerned about when I saw the very first trailer, which is like it, it feels a little dated at this point, hmm. like in terms of how it addresses certain themes. So I'm curious to see when I see the whole story fleshed out how it actually handles that. But this one had me not necessarily laughing out loud, but at least cracking a few more smiles than I did the first time. And I mean, one way or the other, I'm going to see it. So it has already sold me. What do you think, Amy Rose? Yep, same page. I feel like there's just too much talent behind this one. I do love Jonathan Levine as well. Um, the two you mentioned, as well as all the boys love Mandy Lane. Oh, I, I didn't see that. Like, a lot of people didn't see that film, yeah. and I thought it was good. Um, it definitely, in, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But, um, yeah, I feel like it, it is, the, the story itself doesn't feel like something we haven't seen. But mm-hmm. something that Jonathan is just so exceptional at is, again, creating that grounded reality in these characters. They're not one-dimensional. They have a lot of different layers, and it's fun to watch that unfold. And, I mean, they are such an unlikely pair. Seth Rogen has pulled some major hot women. Catherine Michael, <laughs> like, Charlize, like, well played, my man. Well, hopefully uh, it works out for the two of them in this. I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be a good summer, I think, for uh, for comedies, though, because we have... We have this, we have Booksmart and Good Boys, Mm -hmm. and Booksmart and Good Boys are both uh, South by South premieres as well, both getting rave reviews. So who knows? I feel like we we were discussing this a little bit yesterday. We're in a little bit of a lull with comedy. So to see see a little, like, fire, you know, spark the uh, the genre a little more at the box office would be nice. And he always has, like, they're always warm-hearted, you know? The night before he also did. Oh, yeah, he did the night before, too. There's always, like, a charming aspect to it, which we could use a little bit more of. I would not mind that. All right. Before we move on to those Twitter questions, we've got some plugs. Lots of stuff coming your way on the Collider Video Channel tomorrow, including Collider Live, Jedi Council, and Movie Talk right here live at 4 p.m. PT as always. And Dennis, while you're here, what's going on on the uh, Collider Games Channel? Collider Games Channel, we do our podcast Every Friday uh, that you can subscribe to our podcast feed. We're actually on the Collider Factory podcast feed. We also have it on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Collider Games. We also have a bunch of stuff covering like the new Mortal Kombat game, uh, this new game Division 2 is coming out. Uh, we've been doing all kinds of cool stuff there. All righty. Ready for these Twitter questions? Let's do it. Let's go with a book-related book related question from Doni, who writes, what's a book that you would want to see adapted to the screen that hasn't yet? Anything come to mind? 
Interesting. Well, it just happened with Ready Player One. Um, I loved that book, and I thought it could have lent itself so well. And it wasn't as amazing as a lot of us wanted it to be, but that's just the first one that came to mind. I'll think about something that hasn't been adapted, though. One that I want to be readapted mm-hmm. is um, Salem's Lot. Okay. So I find the first adaptation of that to be fairly dated and not really for me. And I finally went back and read the source material. And I actually don't necessarily think that Stephen King's best book, but I think there's certain ideas that if brought to life, maybe with even a modern spin on it, I mm-hmm. think it's probably worth a big screen adaptation. And if Pet Cemetery hits big, who knows? Maybe even more people are going to want to snatch up those books. And look what they did for it. You know, we both loved it. I, I got faith. And I hate clowns, and I still loved it. So that says a lot. <laughs> uh, for me, like, it's been... <sighs> I stopped reading, like, fiction books. I read, like, nonfiction books for the longest time. But then once the audiobook thing happened, so the only thing fiction-wise I've been listening to are, like, Star Wars ones. So the only one I can think of is Lost Stars. I would love that to be adapted. That's always the go-to answer, and I have no problem with it because that book is so, so good. And, it, you you know, people have complaints about what, you know, is going on in the Star Wars universe right now. I think it's uh, something that I think people would enjoy. One other one that I wanted to bring up that I hadn't thought of in a little while is, so you remember when Hunger Games first came out? Mm-hmm. There was that young adult uh, book yeah. film adaptation craze. One of the ones that I was reading is a D- DJ McHale book called Silo, and it was about it was about a small town. I mean, I want to make sure I give you a proper synopsis on this. It's about a small town where a secretive branch of the Navy kind of swoops in and like rounds up the townspeople because something has like infiltrated traded the community and it's like this whole mystery about them being trapped in their tiny town and mm-hmm. not knowing what exactly is happening to the people around them and it was it had all that young adult charm but there was also like like a real sense of fear and suspense that came with that and i know it had gotten it had had the rights picked up at a point but then nothing came of it so silo that's s-y-l-o i feel like my they sister should, loves that they should uh really mm-hmm. that's funny i never mm-hmm. knew anybody else but me who read yeah. that i loved the first book do you feel seen? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Sometimes when you hear that. I'm telling you. So that, that would be my other pick right now. I have to ask another question from Doni because I really like this one. I don't know if you're going to be able to think of anything off the top of your heads, but what was the most strange question you have ever been asked on this show or any Q&A for that matter? I can't think of strange questions, strange comments before all right let's hear one no i mean i I remember one guy just started yelling at me and said i was cocky because i had like gotten a new haircut (laughs) this is is back in the amc movie talk days it was just they were so sweet back then it was like weird it was like i don't know where that why you would connect the two things together I find that amusing. Yeah. yeah, this is a really hard question because it's like, there's been so many weird things. I have a comment from yesterday that Thad brought to my attention. Let's do it. Apparently, you live chatters were freaking out because I was holding a cup of water the entire time. What? I have a cold. I was going to cough if I didn't drink water. I don't know. He said everyone was like super hot on the cup of water that was in my hand like 90% of the show. That's really okay. bizarre. So they, they just like, it was attached to your I, hand, I, I might guess. have been like, clutching it most of the time because like, I don't want to cough. You do you. You know, if you want to clutch that cup, you clutch that cup. I'm about to cough again. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I've been off camera. I've been behind it for a long time now. So maybe there'll be some weird ones today to look forward to. All right. Here's another one from loudfan123212 who asks... Hi, I love animation and anime. My question is about Wonder Park. I'm seeing it this weekend with my mom, and I was wondering how it will do at the box office. Hope it's great. Thanks. Any Wonder Park box office predictions? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those ones where I've seen some trailers for it, but I haven't heard any buzz about it. Uh, I lightly heard something behind the scenes, and it was positive. Okay. Lightly, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. How, well, I don't know how much uh, stock I'm going to put in right. it yet until I like I don't know if there was an embargo or something. But I actually before the show, I did look up the Rotten Tomatoes score because I was curious mm-hmm. to see what the consensus was. And there was nothing up there yet. Oh, mm-hmm. so the embargo has I, I suspect there, there might be an embargo. 
because but I'm still. But I mean, still, isn't it coming out this yeah. Friday? Yeah, but I what, still. What, what day is it? Wednesday? Still don't, yeah. That's, there hasn't been too much press around it. There's one positive review up on Rotten Tomatoes that's right good. now, and the little uh, the little blurb for it is I, sufficiently diverting to engage kids for about 85 minutes. It can function as an appetizer. <laughs> this? this is a scientific report or what? Like, is this uh, some sort Wait, of. this is positive? Is, 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 it. it can is, function as an appetizer to an upcoming slate of high profile Disney titles. I don't really like know a, how to do it. Sounds like a, that this quote. sounds like a medical analysis report or something. Can I like file that? this under my strange comment of the day? <laughs> yeah. It's from Real, uh, Real Views, and this individual gives it a three out of four. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I mean, it's Wednesday already. It's coming out Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, that, that's not a good sign. No. no I, I'm. On a side note, I'm excited. We got the screening invites for Missing Link, Laika's yes. next movie, which I'm excited to see because I love I love uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, yeah. If you want a number for this movie, I think I'm settling in somewhere around ten million dollars. It's a Paramount animated release, mm-hmm. and basically what I'm jumping off off of from that is the fact that they also released Sherlock Gnomes right around this time last year, mm-hmm. and it made roughly that amount. So that's pretty much where I come up with $10 million. Feels very scientific to me. Yeah. I like it. So, sometimes there is science behind my <laughs> box office predictions and not just a gut feeling. Uh, Give us a good one, Perry. Today. Oh, Neil Varma always gives us good questions. Mm-hmm. He writes, hey, panel, what genre would you want Netflix Netflix's next choose-your-own-adventure to be? We kind of discussed that. that. Oh, I meant to, that's why I flagged it, because I meant to bring it up in the actual story. <laughs> Give me a horror movie, Netflix. Choose your own adventure. Yes. That would work right. very well. Yes. I'll pick gimme, one gimme, more, gimme. but I'm going to warn you guys right now. I haven't pre-screened this next one, so okay. I'm just going to go for it. Game All on. Right. All right, let's let's do John Ashford. Do you consider the Marvel movies sequels or just a franchise? They sort of fall in the sequel category to me as they are all connected. Thanks for taking my question. That's interesting. I mean, that's just an interesting conversation about all the terminology we have right now with franchise, cinematic universe, sequel, uh, requel sometimes, reboot, reimagining. So I guess what do you what do you read these as? Do you look at them as straightforward sequels or being part of a larger franchise? Both. Uh, yeah, it's, it falls in that mid range because, like, okay, for for example, we watched uh, Avengers: Infinity War. I know some people's complaint, and it wasn't my complaint because I love the movie, uh, was that, oh, it's not like a complete movie. It's like, no, it's not a complete movie because it's built on from all the other movies right. leading up to it. So, and then also it has a semi-cliffhanger ending that's supposed to, it's, it's a part one of part two. So it's like, no, it's not supposed to be a complete, like, this is this character, and he has a story arc from point A to point B. It's like, no, if you watch... If you know what's going on with MCU, that's not going to happen. That movie, mm-hmm. but wonder- that's what makes it so brilliant. What Feige and team have pulled off is that they have mapped out. Can you imagine what, like, from Iron Man one, like, to show what they were going to create and to just bet big on this and to have them all linked and have continuity in most cases and the after credit scenes and everything. Like, it's just pretty brilliant. And like, yeah, it's both because they have the standalone character films mm-hmm. and then they have the ensemble team up. So I think. That's why they're so successful, because if your favorite character is Captain Marvel, you're going to get a movie with her and then she's going to team up with the gang. You know, it's like it's it's a really good way to keep us with this. You know, it seems it actually seems fairly defined right now. But given the fact that they were also saying that new uh, animated series on Disney Plus, the what if stuff Mm -hmm. is going to be incorporated. I wonder if we need to, you know, broaden the term to account for different dimensions now. Yeah, man. Oh, man. It's all going to continue evolving. And you know what? We're going to keep covering it all for you guys. Dennis, thank you so much for being here. Amy Rose, thank you for swinging by today. I hope we get to have you back on the set real soon. Yeah. Adam in the booth. Thank you as always. We are glad to have you back today. And you know what, guys? We are so glad to have you joining us for this show. As always, like and share this episode. Tell everybody you know about Collider Movie Talk on the YouTube channel and on the podcast network as well. And don't forget, tune in tomorrow, 4 p.m. BT Live for a brand new episode. Thank you for watching Movie Talk. Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us. 
DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to stream the original series Doom Patrol with new episodes dropping weekly. For those not familiar with Doom Patrol, they're one of the most beloved and bizarre superhero crews out there, with each member having suffered a previous horrific injury that now gives them unique superpowers. They've united as a squad of super freaks to fight for a world that ironically wants nothing to do with them. The star-studded cast is led by Jovian Wade as Cyborg, Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane, April Bilebly as Elastigirl, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, with Matt Bomer as Negative Man, and Brandon Fazier as Robot Man. Enjoy Doom Patrol as well as other original series, thousands of added comics, animated films, and classic DC movies on the Ultimate DC platform. DC Universe is available on all your favorite devices. Join today and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com.